Hello and welcome to the FPL Hangover Podcast, where we raise the bar and lower the tones of all things FPL related. Uh, I'm FPL Drunk, otherwise known as Seamus, and I'm coming to you today on the 2nd of August, less than 72 hours from the Game Week 1 kickoff to the 2022-23 FPL season. Uh, So we're in draft mode, tinkering plenty. And today I am missing my two podcast part, usual podcast partners in crime. Um, I have recruited in a worthy replacement. Uh, you may know him from his FPL uh, Twitter handle, which is at FPL Fairy. I'm talking to Steve. Steve, how are you doing? I am good, Seamus. I feel like I have massive boost to fill um, with no Jer and no Paddy here tonight. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. As you said, it's peak drafting week, so um, I think my camera roll is pretty full of drafts at the moment as well. Yeah, I was finding it hard to actually pick out, you know, the right draft to send you and which is the one I might actually go with. I looked at my team today uh, that I, just before I sent on my actual team, I was like, oh, I have him on my team now. When did that happen? What's happened earlier yeah. today? Um, so I'm with you on that. And uh, we do have uh, we will discuss our teams and we also have Jer's team and uh we don't have Paddy's team right now. He was meant to be on the pod, but at the 11th hour realized, oh, wait, it's my wedding anniversary, so I can't actually appear. <laughs> so I think that trumps anything else. I sent him a message. Send me on your team there, please. But uh, he's probably up for dinner. So um, I don't know. He's probably waiting until she goes to the toilets to send on that. So maybe we might get his team before the end of the pod. Um, but yeah, less than 72 hours to kick off. How are you feeling? Did you feel any bit settled on your team or is this yours definitely going to change without revealing your team because we'll get to that later in the bot but are you feel settled on what you have or is it all open to change um yeah it's a bit all over the shop but i think um i'm definitely more settled than i have been in previous years um what i have found is before the weekend there i met a draft um i think it was saturday morning and was pretty content with what was in there um and as you know we had our fpl meetup there um in Donegal. So I um, was kind of talking through the draft with a few people at that. And I don't think it's actually changed drastically. Um, but today I was back and forth with a friend, Chris Tan, who is very keen on the premium. And he has really, really got me thinking. And I've made a draft with, like, I have my original draft, which I was happy and content with. And I also have this premium draft that it's not massive sacrifice. And it's really tempting, but I'm kind of torn on that at the moment. Um, and I suppose aside from that, if I go with my main draft that I've given you, um, the main question in there is probably Kane and Haaland, because it was Kane before the weekend, but it's Haaland after the weekend. Oh, you're getting straight into the crowd. I, I actually have a few questions here anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I do have a couple of this player versus that player questions. That's one of them. Um, so it's good to see where you're leaning. We'll get to that uh, a small bit later. No, but you did mention the FPL um, <clears throat> meetup in Donegal that we were both at uh, on Saturday. I, we had to hightail it back down to Limerick on Sunday. You sit, you sit up there Sunday night for a few extra points as well, did you? I did indeed, yeah. Um, yeah. We all had our ocean dip, but um, I went to the foot golf. And you'll be happy to know that um, I became the FPL Twitter champion of... Um, foot golf for Ireland so um uh, no way I actually didn't ma- know who won that it was massive competition I think if anybody else won it you would have saw it plastered um like in all over social media but um yeah it was You're myself too modest. You're too I modest. think um I think Ross was second FPL Raptor 
and I think Era came third in the end. Or Keen. Ooh, okay. Actually, I'm not I'm not 100 sure who was um in third place, but it was great crack and sure it was like a beautiful weather as well. So we yeah. went for a couple of pints of Guinness after then as well. So big props to to Paddy, who's you know usually on this podcast at FPL Viking underscore, who kind of basically took the reins and organised this up in uh, an open letter, Kenny. Um, I couldn't tell you the names of the bars we're in at this stage. Grand Central was the first one. I remember that because I kept <laughs> breaking glasses, <laughs> kept knocking things over, uh, living up to my moniker. But um, yeah, there was a few other guys there worth shouting out to there. I just want to give shout outs to uh, at FPL Sergeant who showed up, Alan, Sound Lad, uh, yourself, obviously, and FPL Hangover. We had FPL underscore Raptor, Ross, you'd know him from his YouTube channel. Who um who came across all the way from the UK? Uh, so fair juice to him. Uh, FPL era. Uh, uh, is it FPL underscore era? I didn't realize it was underscore, but you know FPL era. Uh, Niall, he's come across there too. So some great uh, great content creators there. Uh, at Dorian Liam, Liam Dorian, who won Sky uh, in nineteen the Sky a fancy game in uh, nineteen twenty. It's great chat to him. Definitely got me into playing Sky this year. Uh, at Finn Harps FPL, at FPL General was there, one of the bigger names in the FPL community. He's from Donegal, of course. I uh, got to meet him, and he was a sound lad. He was he was he was very sound, I must say. Um, who else was there? F- at FKC two eight oh eight, at Ryan Callan eighteen, uh, and of course former Irish number one at FPL on Cork two. I thought you know might have won the foot off. He talked a big game pre going up there. Um, but then, and then finally, uh, at FPL Dad, I think, uh, managed to get up there on Sunday for a few hours. I didn't get to, to meet up with him, uh, unfortunately. So really sound bunch of lads. I think there was a few other people there that may not be on Twitter. Those are just the ones that are in the Twitter group. And I want to say, look, it was a pleasure meeting you all guys, and we had a great time. Um, but this is probably boring content for the listeners out there who just want us <laughs> to get on with their team. So look, we'll kick straight into it. We were up there watching the Community Shields. You said you had your team kind of set till Saturday, and things have changed a small bit, but probably not too much. Um, what do we learn from the Community Shield? What did you learn? What has changed from what you saw in the Community Shield? Um, Darwin Nunes is now in the conversation, which is interesting. Um, Diaz is there, but I think like Nunes coming on and doing well, and I seen Jota signed a new contract there today as well. I'm not sure how close he is to being back. Firmino started. Um, I was a torn on the Robo versus Diaz pre the weekend mm-hmm. and watching that game um as much of it as i can remember um robertson looked very very good and looked like trent um he obviously got the goal but he looked very good as well um mm-hmm. it looked like robertson looked better for the assists almost and it looked like trent was kind of cutting in more but um yeah that was interesting and i think um i know haaland like it sounds like a lot of people are actually coming off haaland after the weekend but I think his XG was 1.56 or something. So um, that's very encouraging. And like, if he can get that against the likes of Liverpool, who are probably the second best defence in the league, um, God knows what he can do against the likes of Bournemouth in game week two. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was interesting. I think people are still torn on the Diaz versus Robbo. Um, I have seen some drafts with Nunes as well, which is interesting. Um, some people kind of seem to think now that like he will either get a start and if he doesn't get a start he'll get 30 minutes and we, we kind of seen what he done there um with very limited minutes when he got the goal and, and assist i think something like 13 fpl points so um yeah that was my kind of you know observations what about yourself yeah very similar <clears throat> there was a lot of conversation pre the community shield that you know if we see a Haaland start you know he's straight in my team doesn't matter how he plays i think a lot of people were like 
put off by that big chance he missed at the very end. Not that it would have made a difference. It was 3-1 at the time. Um, and I think that probably accounts for a lot of his XG. But he had another very good chance as well in that game. And I'd rather be seeing him getting the chances, having high XG. Because, you know, another day he converts one, maybe both of those. Um, and and there's your, you know, 13 points or whatever. So, yeah, it, but they I must say um, they did they did struggle to kind of find him with... They were a bit slow kind of getting the ball into him. You could see him making runs, the ball not coming. I guess City are kind of used to kind of a slower pace build yeah. up and then working the ball around until they cut it back. So, yeah, um, it was interesting. I think, and I'll discuss it more in my draft as well, because one of the questions you mentioned to alluded to is the Kane versus Haaland. I'm leaning towards yeah. Kane at the moment. And spoiler alert is because, uh, well, it might change now. Yeah, it's been Kane for quite a while because... I was going, I just noticed that my team has changed today, so I have to adjust what I'm saying here. Um, <clears throat> I was going for uh, two dead spot, 4.5 mini attackers, and that's no good if my other attacker, Haaland, is suddenly benched for an easy game or rotated or rested, so, because I have to play it forward. So, you know, Greenwood comes on for zero minutes or, you know, two minutes or something like that. Um, so I, I think Kane is probably just more secure. So if I'm doing that strategy, it has to be Kane. But um, now that Haaland started, I might just might just throw him in there. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the Bournemouth fixture is the one we're, we're all going through. Uh, what did you think of them defensively? Like, I thought Liverpool were the much better team pretty much for most of the game. And um, I don't know if that was down to Laporte being out. Do you think they're good for clean sheets? I mean, I most of my drafts have had had two City defenders. Yeah, like I think I had um, I had Ederson and Cancelo in a lot of my drafts um, up mm-hmm. to last weekend. And I moved Ederson out before the weekend. So I suppose it's not because of the game. But um, I did see some people talking about the likes of Ake there. Um, I think he's only 5 million. Loves a header. Um, I saw his heat map and he was in the box a, a good bit as well for corners and that. But I think with the kind of defensive uncertainty at the moment, um, it does swerve me off it a little bit. But at the same time, like I... I've had drafts with, say, Cancelo and Walker. I've had drafts with Diaz. I probably wouldn't go Diaz as much now. I'd probably go with Walker just purely on the price. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I don't think I'll end up with two City to start now, which I did think I would maybe a week ago. So, um, And I think the two Liverpool is very attractive as well. And um, <clears> I won't spoil <throat> anything, but it's definitely something that I'm strongly uh, considering at the moment as well. Interesting, yeah. And what about... Um... You know, KDB, any thoughts on him? I thought, like, when I was watching him today, uh, sorry, Saturday, I thought he looks on, he looks sharp, you know, not like the start of last season where he looked very slow, lethargic. He hadn't had much of a break. I think, mm. you know, it was really second half of the season from about Christmas or after Christmas onwards where he really kind of improved. Um, I remember calling him on certain pods. Uh, I was saying, like, asking the question, is he watched? Is he just being, you know, flogged to death now? Is he kind of like, you know, Sanchez or, you know, one of these players who just played all these minutes so early in their career, got lots of injuries and now are just slow ponders. But obviously second half of the season, he changed that massively. Um, how do you think he looked? Would you ever consider him as an option over Haaland? Said? Um, I wa- yeah, I wasn't. But um, I I think it was the game, I think Man City's last preseason game, he scored two. Um, if I'm, I, think, I think I'm right there. He and, did um, score two before the cherry. I don't know what game it was, but yeah, one of the yeah. ones before Cherry Shield, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I didn't actually get to see the highlights myself, but I heard it on some podcast um, that apparently it looked like everything was kind of going through him. 
And I think it was, they were making the point that, um, like, he could almost become a 10 in behind the likes of, say, Haaland, um, mm. now that they have a bit more, say, reinforcement in midfield. And if that happens, and if he's getting 90 minutes, like, he could be an absolute monster. But um, I know from our own Twitter group, our our good friend Alan Duggan, um, County Mayo, um, I know Alan's very keen on him, and I think he had a draft that he was sharing earlier on that had like two or three mid-price forwards and then KDB in the midfield. But I think for me, on the two of my drafts, it's either um, Kane or Haaland or Kane and Haaland. And I think if you're like most people are going with the two premium, I think people are going to go with the Kane or Haaland because if one of them doesn't play or if one of them is in a bad spot of form, <laughs> it's a very easy swap. Whereas if your money's in the yeah. field, there's a bit of messing around there, you know, with kind of taking hits um, very very early in the season. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of people that start game week one with Kane and just like come Sunday night, just transfer Haaland in for the game yeah. week two fixture of Bournemouth. And maybe someone will do that with um, KDB and Son. I know I've had a few drafts with KDB in it and I really like those ones. I feel like, oh, I'm stealing an edge on the team, uh, on certain teams here. Um, but yeah, no, Haaland was like, one of the first uh, names in my team um, when I was drafting. Uh, and it's just the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know, well, Kane is FPL royalty, you know, he's a proven asset. But there's those kind of, and Conte has got them. That's actually one of my questions. So I'll just, I'll come to it now. Um, are Spurs being overlooked? What do you think? Yeah, like I have, you know, as I said, I've been messing around with my draft. Um, I have, I've had Kane, I've got rid of him. And the team looks very bare um, without, Son or Kane, or mm. even Kulusevski. Um, I I had Perisic in a lot of my drafts, and I had Matt Doherty in a couple of drafts. Um, there, there was comments at the weekend from Conte, and I think they were kind of blown out of pro- proportion. Um, when I was actually reading through the match report, but it sounds like he was kind of saying that they're not at the peak fitness that he wants. He wasn't saying that they're both like not fit. Um, but he said that like they have a way to go, and I think I think Spurs have Chelsea in game week two, mm-hmm. so you would imagine that if he wants them to be like ready to rock for game week two, that he's going to play Doherty and Perisic from the start, probably give them 60, 70 minutes against Southampton, yeah. um, and then take them off and be ready for Chelsea. So if that happens, it could be a positive in a way because you could lock in the clean sheet and they could have um so, you know like you know some attacking returns. But um, yeah. I saw a tweet about from somebody watching their most recent game there at the weekend. And it just sounds like Perisic and Doherty were just like, they were basically playing as attackers. So I'm definitely going to have one of them in my team. Um, and I suppose that depends on which of my options I end up going with. Um, Kulisevsky, I haven't really considered. I really liked him last season. He done really well for me. I just think, and like he's at that 8 million price, which is nice because you can kind of chop and change. Mm-hmm. But I think he's really good game week one. But I just get worried about the whole, like, you know, say himself and Richarlison are probably the two that are going to um, take time off each other. Mm-hmm. He's like, Richarlison might get some minutes off Kane and that. But in reality, Kane and Son were just like monsters last season for 90 minutes. So um, that's really all I'm considering. But I think I'll definitely have one of the attackers. And I actually saw, I was watching the Green Arrow um, there today, and I saw that. Fergie had Doherty and Perisic. Um, so, like, that could be an option if you're not going with a Kane, like, you know, to kind of try and get some of the Spurs points because it sounds like he's been really driving them fitness wise. So, they could really yeah. hit the ground running, uh, running. 
Yeah, I was listening to that pod earlier myself today, kind of um, just trying to get my thoughts together for this. And uh, I hadn't listed the guys in in probably since the end of the previous season. And it's it's a good pod to listen to. And uh, I was surprised because I haven't seen too many teams that have both Perisic and Darty. And actually, every team, every draft and I saw on Twitter for the first couple of weeks all seemed to have Perisic in it, which then <clears throat> kind of seemed to just like... No one had Perisic for a while because he wasn't playing preseason games. But I guess now that he's got at least one game under his belt, and he apparently, yes, looked good. I haven't seen the game. Um, people are getting on him again. And I think it's really good logic, what you said there, that you know if they need to be ready for the Chelsea game, which is a big game, uh, they need minutes under their belt. So why wouldn't they play game week one? And there's a week between games, like game weeks one, two, three, four. I think it's game week five is the first midweek game of the season. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of have come back around to thinking about Perisic. Um yeah, and I, I do like Lloris. I think uh, at FML, FPL, those guys kind of got me thinking about Lloris. And Lloris has been in a lot of my drafts as well. Um, if you think about, you know, if they're going to improve defensively, which they kind of seem to do under Conte, and if they're much better this season, then I see him improving uh, on the points total he got last season. And, you know, he was nearly at, you know, Allison levels last year. I had Ederson in a lot of my drafts, same price, but he kind of seems to have a cap. And he doesn't get bonus points, things like that. Doesn't really get save points. So I am looking at, I was looking at uh, the Reese, but I think Doherty's come back into it now. I kind of forgot about Doherty. I just thought, you know, yeah, yeah I, we have some, me and Joe have some um, <clears throat> Spurs friends, and they said they were kind of worried about um, Doherty's minutes and, you know, the fact they bought Spence and all the talk about Mora playing right wing back. That's what put me off. Um, yeah. But I'm seeing a lot of people kind of like I, I hadn't read the quotes that you you mentioned there. I had they had actually mentioned that uh, Conte mentioned that he wasn't quite at fitness yet. But if you've read the quotes and you think they're taken out of context mm-hmm. a bit, then that gives me a bit more reassurance. So I might come back to him. And uh, he's by no means out of my thinking because if you think I back to it, like he was unbelievable around game week 30, around whatever period that was, a three or four game week period, he was becoming like. Essentially, he was always in the box, you know, uh, it would really punish you if you didn't have him. So, yeah, I mean, I think the answer the the answer to the question that you're saying is we are overlooking Spurs. But I've seen lots of teams that don't have any Spurs straps. That's why I'm thinking Kane could be good. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have one defender or one keeper from them. Who it is, I don't know yet. But, uh, yeah, OK, well, that's that's yeah. um, just just one other point on that is um, the above. It's called the above average podcast. Yeah, um, I hadn't I hadn't actually listened to it previously, but um, I listened to one of their podcasts this week, and I think they're both Spurs fans. But um, they made a, like they have a really good discussion on the two wing backs, and it sounds like say I think at right back there could be four options almost, um, inc- including Doherty, Doherty, which made me um skeptical as well, and I wasn't really that fond of them until recently. But they were yeah. kind of making it sound like the new signing Spence. Um, apparently, Conte had comments that the club bought him, not him. So that's not a good yes. sign for him. So he probably won't be starting for a while anyway. And, and you're then, right. I forgot about Romero, actually. That's the other one you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. But then, oh, no, sorry. Emerson um, is the Emerson. other one. Emerson. Yeah. 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 So, but I think when Emerson was playing last year, like he just wasn't up to the races, apparently, when uh, Doherty got injured. So that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. But then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the main concern is the talk of Moura being converted. And I think he um that Conte has done that in the past as well with some players that he's kind of turned him into these absolute kind of beasts of wing back. So that's a bit of a fear because you could see Moura doing well at that. But if Doherty played at the weekend and like the kind of comments were pretty good, you 
he surely starts the season. That's probably his spot then to lose, I suppose. Um, like you know, if he gets the start. Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, I saw a good tweet. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find it here because I retweeted it earlier today. It's like, oh yeah, it was from Grace Robertson, which is at Grace on football. <laughs> was saying Conte just walks up to people on the street and tells them to play wing back. <laughs> he just loves converting <laughs> people into wing back. That was very good. So yeah, I mean, it'll take some time to convert more into like an effective wing back. I'm sure like couple of games in preseason is not going to do it um but maybe he'll start getting minutes it could be end of games you know um before he you know gets like yeah. 20 minutes at the end of a game that they're two or three nil up uh, you know before he kind of to ease him into it um i forgot about um i always get emerson and uh romero mixed up those two okay. uh but i forgot about the other guy because he was like useless from, from all i heard he's very good at getting forward but has no delivery apparently so yeah and um, apparently the the barcelona <laughs> left centre back and um, played really well when he came on in the second half and looked really good with Perisic so um, oh. that could be one to kind of watch that like you know he could open up Perisic's game apparently so yeah and I heard the same there. I heard the same uh, quotes that you mentioned about Spence where it just kind of seemed like he was a squad player one for the future the club I think believes he's a bright future but he wasn't one that Conte specifically asked for so yeah, yeah that kind of reassured me with that so yeah I think maybe Darty is good for the first yeah, if he could do anything like he did the last time we should all be looking at him but Perisic this is what I like about the first few games of the season it's a week between games before the Champions League starts and stuff like that and one of the things we we'll are talking about later on is uh, strategy let's actually talk about it now because I was going to get to it later but what's your strategy this season because I'm thinking early wildcard yeah, um, I think from looking at the initial fixtures and all, I hadn't really kind of sat down properly, but um, I know that Wes FPL Heisenberg had um, a, a nice post up that's basically he's viewing this season like as a chunk of four. So you're basically, you have to play your first wildcard obviously before um, the World Cup. So like in reality, it looks like most people would play it by game week nine. Um, and I think it's after game week 12, it looks like you'll just be kind of losing value, you know, say every week that you go. Because I'd usually be very patient um, and I would generally hold my chips like, you know, until the very end. So that's kind of going to change the strategy. Um, and I have listened to some other pods that were talking about potentially going in like game week four, game week five and kind of being really aggressive at the start. But um, I'd say I'm probably in the camp of looking at around game week nine say between eight and nine but mm -hmm. i would be open to like if i go with the three premium option um i would be open to like going for it and if it doesn't work out you can always change up in game week four or five like you won't be too far behind the pack i'd, I'd imagine and i think like once you have three to four weeks of kind of data you do seem to know who's starting who's looking good but the only thing coming in there then i think is the champions league and all the european games start around then as well so yeah. Um, like I think by starting with some of the big players from the big teams, um, that shouldn't get rotated, and then you, um, like if if Haaland looks like he's not going to play against the likes of Not Forest, like you're not going to keep him at eleven and a half million on your bench, you know. So, um, I would be open to the early wildcard, but I think as things stand, I'm looking at week nine, and then obviously we have the World Cup where we get all our free transfers again, and then I'll probably be trying to hold the second one until. Ben Crellin tells me to use it. Um, that would be my plan. Yeah, and I, what you mentioned there about uh, FPL Heisenberg highlighting that as well, I definitely think, yeah, you're definitely losing value the later you leave it. I personally am a player who usually plays a wild card, the first wild card, usually somewhere between game week four and game week eight or something like that. 
usually kind of because they kind of coincide with an international break usually. So yeah. I usually kind of do it around there, maybe the week after an international break, the week of an international break, one of those two, or I'll leave it till December, like, you know, like, you know game week, whatever, 15, 16, yeah. uh, just before Christmas when there's going to be a rotation. And kind of, at least then that sets you up uh, and gets you through to the next wildcard. But what we're referring to here is that losing value is you're going to have that, I believe it's game week 17, basically is unlimited transfers, which is basically a wildcard. Um, so you're not going to play, you're obviously not going to put your wildcard in 16 and each week before you're going to get less value out of it. So I think you can break the season up into chunks and um, uh, Ross at FPL Raptor, uh, he's most recent YouTube video. If you want to check him out, subscribe to him on YouTube. And I should also say, if you're listening to us and you haven't seen us on YouTube, I don't know if this one's going to make it onto YouTube, but uh, check us out and subscribe to us and like us on uh, on YouTube as well at FPL Hangover. Um, but if you want to check out Ross at FPL Raptors latest video, he does talk about strategy in a similar way. And he he's kind of in the same vein as you. He says, look, game week eight or nine is you know a good time to play it but you can look at the kind of game week five or six uh time as well there's a small bit of a fixture swing for some teams yeah. there um and but if you do eight or nine then you get eight weeks of this team so you just got to set your team up right now for eight or nine weeks obviously including transfers then you get another eight week chunk we'll say or seven week chunk then you get a second wild card that's going to set you up until you get to uh you know when we're all going to be playing our next wild card which is going to be you know before the doubles and blanks and stuff like that around game week 29 or whatever that might be so um yeah i think it's a good way to approach the season that's why i wanted to mention strategy i want to see are you planning on this you know game week four or five wild card i know some people are looking to just really attack the fixtures play that early wild card but i think i'm with you i'm looking at eight or nine yeah and just even as you're saying that there i've just had a quick look there um on the fixture ticker from game week six to 17 say if you were to go with a week five and um filtered by difficulty excluding the likes of say man city and the chelsea's and all them that will probably have a few players from anyway but clubs like that top the list are crystal palace i've got none yeah. currently west ham i've none currently bournemouth newcastle everton forest villa leicester like these yeah. teams if we start the season with the kind of big hitters while there is no Europe, like there could be some gems in those teams that come to light. And I know like people are talking about, say, Solanke at Bournemouth and, you know, these things. A lot of us are going to have a dead forward slot. So if there's a bit of kind of, you know, rejigging to be done and if the likes of Bournemouth there have pretty nice fixtures, um, you know, there's there's it kind of sounds like it's worth exploring for sure. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> yeah, you mentioned Crystal Palace. Like Crystal Palace are kind of one of these kind of mid-table teams. You know, probably going to finish maybe tenth. You know, yeah, or tenth to twelfth, I would say something like that. Pretty good defensively last season, at least statistically. They they had a tendency to just throw up one goal and just kind of ruin their chance. But I think they were fourth best defense uh, based on XG last season, like better than uh, better than Spurs, better than United, obviously, uh, better than United. Arsenal, <laughs> but better than all these so-called, you know, bigger teams. Yeah. <clears throat> so they were quite good, but um, if they could convert it, you know, and they have players like Zaha, who's priced at 7 million, and they have those a few 5.5 million strikers, when their kind of run comes good, you know, if you want to upgrade that 4.5 million striker to the likes of Mateta, if he's starting, or Benteke, whoever it is, for, you know, a million yeah. more, um, those are the type of players you kind of want to look at there when they swing. Uh, and I remember looking at Leicester and going, wow, they, they really have a nice run of games from game week nine onwards. Like, it's not in your yeah. at home, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace at home, Leeds at home, Wolves away. Um, you know, they've, they've got a nice run there. So there are those swings. That's why I think I'm and looking I, at that. And I think a, a key point there is 
Palace, Leicester. Um, as two examples, like there's 4.5 defenders from both of those teams um, that if we yeah. know who's actually going to play left back and right back at the likes of Leicester, like we could have like proper gems there. And I think it's the same with goalkeepers. I think a lot of people will start with premium goalkeepers this year. But if we see the likes of Palace have a lobby run and Greta looks like he's going to be playing, um, that could free up some money as well um, as we spread the funds around as well. So. Yeah, yeah, I think we're both in, in agreement there. Yeah, and it, they're both the sort of teams that I want to, like, I, I trust Crystal Palace to be good this season, which is kind of why I'm like, I get to Arsenal in a minute. I'm kind of not expecting them, to, I, I nearly expect Arsenal to, I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose. Yeah, you know, first fixture of the season. You know, I think that's a hard game. So I'm, I'm not entirely sold on Jesus now, you know, I definitely want to have some Arsenal players because they've got good fixtures. But I don't think they're as good as people are making out. Leicester are a team, I don't know what way they're going to be because they seem to be like in the market to sell all their players. Kasper Schmeichel, their captain, is apparently going to is it Marseille or Nice. Or I'm not sure where he's going. He's going to France anyway. Yeah. Um, they haven't really replaced him. They're going like so Danny Ward for 4.0. Uh, could be a starting goalkeeper at the start of the season. Look, he was in my team as my subkeeper anyway. But now there's people kind of looking at real you know, rotation possibilities with a 4.0 and 4.5 keeper which is interesting i'm not tempted but um yeah the, and you said like there's these 4.5s but i just can't go near them until like see a run of games maybe like eight nine ten games and i can go oh lesser rubbish again this season they can't defend you no know, they can't defend crosses can't defend corners and they're just giving up all these set piece goals so if that's the case i don't care if they're 4.5 or 4.0 i'm not going near them but um yeah if they do look good because, you know, they were a team that was finishing fourth. Or, well, they were nearly finishing fourth. They were finishing fifth for a few seasons in a row there. So if they can get back to that sort of form without European commitments this year, then very interesting. But they have a big squad. And if they all remain uninjured, they could be good. But there could be a lot of rotation. Yeah. yeah. And I just had a quick look there that if you were <laughs> to use the wild card, say, for game week nine as well, and... Um, the same teams actually come up to the top in Palace, Leicester, Bournemouth, Fulham, West Ham. So, like, yeah, um, I think if you're using it in, say, a game week five and six or between eight and nine, um, we'll be probably considering those types of players anyway. So, yeah, and I'll tell you what, right now, I'm not like, I'm looking at, I have a team here, teams I'm ignoring completely in game week one are basically Southampton, Everton, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Forest. So, like, I'm not touching any of those players. I mean, okay, I say I'm ignoring Fulham. I've got Pereira as my 4.5. He just yeah, seems like yeah. a gem as a, a fifth uh, midfield spot for 4.5. If he's going to be playing, you know, an advanced midfield position for them, then, you know, going to have him. He's yeah. probably going to be 4.6 before long. So, yeah, um, and like a lot of people are going for Neko Williams for Forrest. I'm not really on that. I'm more of a big at the back, guys. But these guys, I can't see myself going with Bournemouth all season, if I'm completely honest. But, um you know, Southampton and Everton players with the right fixture swing, you'd look at them, you know, not right now. Um, so let's uh, let's just move on there quickly. Uh, we were talking about um, City and the Community Shields. We did, I, we kind of, you mentioned Liverpool briefly, okay. Um, what three, what's it like, okay, are we in agreement that, you know, Trent and Salah are kind of essential or is there an argument you made, you know, to ignore one of those? Yeah. I'm I'm definitely set on those two. They're both locks in my team, so okay. I'm not I'm not one of those people to have the argument with over Salah. Um, he's in my team and he's my captain, so that, that, that's, that's done. <laughs> that's fine. Okay, so we won't go down that route because I'm not interested in it anyway. But if you were, I'd give you the opportunity to speak about it. Yeah. Uh, who's that third spot then? 
Um, in my, is it close? I was close until the weekend and until Saturday morning when I properly had a tinker and I, I had Diaz in some drafts. I had Robertson in some drafts. I think if I have a third player now, it'll be Robertson. Um, but I did make a draft this evening that didn't have Robertson and I really liked it as well. So I think for me, I would rank Robertson third. Um, mm -hmm. I'd rank Diaz fourth and that's probably it for me. Um, I'm not the kind of person that jumps on a Darwin. Um, I'll give him a few weeks. Yeah. He could scorch with three goals against Fulham. He could start and we could all want him. Um, he, the, the biggest problem with someone like him is he's 9 million, which is very affordable for a Liverpool attacker. Um, if anything ever happens during the season to Firmino, and if he looks like he'll get a run of games, his price will just skyrocket because it's like a Man United player when they're doing well. They have such a following around the world that yeah. if any player is going well from their teams, like look at Pogba last year and these lads, like the, their prices just shoot up. So I'd be worried that if you don't get on to Darwin early, you could be paying nine and a half million if he has a couple of good fixtures in, in a row. And if you, if, you know, if you don't have the funds in your team or you have to kind of rejig. Um, but for the moment, to answer your question, Robertson is my third preference from Liverpool. Yeah, and I have to say he's on mine too. Um, and it's very simplistic. I know it's not a, as straightforward an answer as well. Like he's a million cheaper than Diaz and he's going to probably outscore Diaz because you want to compare, okay, well, Robertson plus, you know, X amount plus Diaz plus X amount, you can probably get more value for, you know, 4.5 or 5 million defender than you can for, you know, yeah, 5.5 million midfield or whatever way it works out. Um, but I mean, ultimately, I think that's I just break it down to I can just save myself a million on my budget, have Robertson set and forget, lock him away. Um, I still am convinced by his finishing, he's looked good in games. Like, I watch him, but he's a player, but yeah, he's just like I said, his shots are edge of the box kind of stuff, and there's nothing to suggest he's smashing them in top corner like Coutinho used to do when he was at Liverpool. Uh, Darwin, I look at, um, are we calling him Darwin or Nunes? I guess we call him Darwin, are we? Because he's on the back of his shirt. But that's what he is in, in FPL as well. Yeah, okay, we'll call him Darwin. Um, I look at him the same way I looked at Firmino. Even when Firmino was at the height of his powers, you know, when, uh, you know, the starts, you know, Mo and, Sa Mo and uh, Mane were banging goals and he was getting a lot more goals and a lot more assists before it kind of dried up there for a couple of seasons. You know, I still found he was hard to make the value for he was nine million he was always about nine million um maybe he went down to 8.5 he's probably 9.5 for a couple of seasons yeah. i was never really tempted with him at the time um and do True. i think nuna or do i think darwin is going to be much better than that i mean maybe but i, I don't really think so that i'm wait, i'm waiting to wait and see kind of like when timo Werner came into chelsea i'm like well he's probably going to be class but who knows and we said the same last season with lukaku chelsea oh he's, he's going to be top goal scorer at the end of the season probably sure he's rubbish so i don't think that's going to happen with Haaland, but you know, there could be a betting in period there for, for Darwin. We'll see. I, I'm I'm happy to wait and see and reassess at the next, you know, that game week eight or nine wildcard, whatever it might be. And uh, you're, you're more keen on Robertson over Diaz as well for those points of being cheaper, he's proven, that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, I just think that, um, you know, if Liverpool play like I think they're going to play, and if he gets more minutes than he did last season, um, and he's had a break over this summer, um, now compared to, you know, you know, he was just like wrecked after through last season you know um he got it going towards the end of the season but i think he's gonna have a 190 to 200 point season i think you know i think his floor barring injury is like 180 
You know, I think his ceiling is like 210. Um, I think Diaz's floor could be, you know, 140. I think his ceiling could be, I don't even think his ceiling would be 200. It could be. We don't know what his ceiling is. Um, but I'd be surprised if he's coming in with a 250 or 230 or 220 point season. Um, I think mm. he probably, even if he does well, you know, he's getting a 180 point season. And you're, yeah. kind of, and you're still going, oh, geez, he did really well. But I just think, well, save the money. Yeah, because you can probably get the 180 if Robertson uh, stays fit. And like I know towards the end of last season, um, Robertson went a bit mad in terms of, you know, FPL points. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just looking there. I think the last say, 14, 15 game weeks, they both started 13 games and Robertson outscored Diaz by 30 points. Um, he scored 94 and Diaz scored 64. So that's quite significant. Um, but suppose he has many avenues with the like you know the clean sheets he got two goals he got three assists but um yeah. at the same time said Diaz could score in the first two games and we could all be selling the Lexi Robertson just to try to get money for him you know so um I, yeah I, I feel like I make a choice though and I stick with it for a while and I don't think it's something that you try and kind of chop and change so yeah, if I do that, go with one of them, it'll probably be Robertson. I think that sounds a bit like forcing it. And I think, as I said, if you don't think you can resist that, then maybe just start with Diaz. But um, I'm not a Liverpool fan, so I'm not going to be, you know, blinded by the Diaz lights or anything like that. Yeah. I'm going to go with what's uh, tried and, and trusted, and we know what Robertson has. So I I feel like you know if that does happen and Liverpool. You know, don't keep a clean sheet the first two and he's got no attacking returns and Diaz has got a goal in each game. I think I, I feel like I'm going to have the resolve to just go, no, we we hold the course. Even if they have, yeah. you know, United in their third game or whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, but that's it. Let me just have a look at uh, my, my sheet here, see what else we have. Um, And then you activate your wild card either way. Um, yeah. If Liverpool don't keep the, the early clean sheet, so it's all good. Yeah, and the money is really uh, important at this stage of the season. Later on in the season, you are... are effective team value is going to be you know maybe 102 103 million you know that what we can spend you know for playing a wild card after christmas but um at the minute it's just a bare 100 you know a million is a is a big difference um how do we assess chelsea steve um i don't really know the preseason form has been poor do we go for james straight away do we not now that they've got cucarella is chilwell a risk chilwell hasn't played too many minutes in preseason has he or has he could be wrong yeah like I wasn't, um, I wasn't, or sorry, I had Chilwell in most of my first drafts and it sounds like he just is not going to be fit for the start of the season. Um, and Marcus Alonso is still hanging around. Um, I think he's mad to go to Barcelona, but with everything that's going on, um, his transfer hasn't gone through yet either. So if Chilwell doesn't look like he's going to be fit for the start of the season, um, Tuchel might even hold on to him. Because I don't think he trusts um, your man Kennedy there in that position either. But I was big on him. Um, I've switched him to James. I Then I went through a phase of getting rid of Chelsea altogether and just kind of wait and see how they start. Um, but I have gone back to the James um, solution. So the other option that is worth considering is Mendy at 5 million. I know, I know some people are pretty keen on that. I think he's the most owned goalkeeper in the game. Um, but yeah, I went back and forth and I ended up kind of settling that with James. I'm happy to start with him and sell him as opposed to not start with him and buy him. And that might sound a bit silly, but I think he's the kind of player that 
he's fit and he's starting. So he'll if he if he looks like he's playing right centre back in a back three, and he's not looking very attacking, he's very easy to move on to. You know, there's many options there um, in defence, but if he's playing right wing back in a back five. Like he's just so so good. I think I got lucky with him last season. It was come to Christmas, and um, when he just came back from injury, and he got the two goals and all. So I've got those memories in my head, and I know that you should have um, like a fresh page every year with FPL. But um, I would rather start with him, and I think his ownership could could be quite scary as well. So I'll start with him. I had Mount in a few teams as well, but as it's gone on, I've got rid of him. Apparently, he looked really well playing with Sterling um, and they don't really seem to have a striker. Um, I know Havertz has been converted to a striker in FPL. Werner sounds like he could be leaving. They've got rid of Lukaku. I haven't really heard anything about them signing a striker. So Sterling could become that guy, you know, like that's really tempting as well. But um, definitely not the start. And I definitely would be happy to kind of wait and see on him, I think. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to see how uh, Sterling uh, does this season now. If he's like, um, you can only imagine he's going to be a big player for for them this year. He still got 163 points last season, which wasn't bad. Uh, and if you look back in, you know, last the season before, 154. Um, but then the three seasons before that, he's breaking 200 points per season. So yeah. I mean, if he can get back to that form for 10 million, like I think we'll all have him in our team. He'll be like the third premium so to speak um in a lot of people seems um mount. and he should be a guaranteed starter as well shouldn't yeah he? like you think yeah. now he's after making the move he's at that stage of his career that like he wants to go there and do well so he could t- kind of turn into that guy that just gets too hard to ignore like son last year at the same yeah. price yeah absolutely it was but again he's a wait and see for me because anytime a new player comes into a team i want to see how they bet in you know yeah. um and yeah, like I'm looking at um, the team here. Does you have any temptation with Havertz? He's only eight, eight million as a forward. Zero temptation. No. 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 Fair enough then. Um, I just I think not. I just see a lot of love for Jesus for eight million, and I'm like, why are we ignoring Havertz there? But uh, yeah, no, I I can't say I've been really t- too tempted by him this year. But he could be good. I just don't. I don't think he's got. You know, when they won 7-0 against Norwich last season, you know, he didn't have a goal involvement. So I was yeah. like, that's I think that's what's playing in a lot of people's minds. I think they're going yeah, to go. Yeah, like, I think I'd rather go with um, Mount. Callum Wilson uh, to start the season over the likes of him and save a million or <clears> even <throat> Tony Marshall or something, you know. So yeah, he's yeah. really not appealing to me. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I'm going to be looking out for James's um, position against Everton. But I think even if he plays right wing back against Everton... Who was it? That, what pod was the listener? It could have been FML FPL again because those guys are pretty dead on when it comes to um, actual how you know predicting how teams are going to play and analyzing how teams actually play football as opposed to FPL. Uh, they seem quite dead set on in that game against Spurs in game week two, and in that game in game week four against Leicester, both of their home games in their first five. That's the two home games. Those are the games where they've got really pacey, fast uh, attacking left wingers. Uh, left attacking forwards, whatever you want to call them, in Sun, Harry Barnes and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Leicester obviously, you know, Jamie Vardy too. Uh, and they're not the sort of players that you want running at 37-year-old Thiago Silva um, and Koulibaly and stuff like that. So they're thinking if they're playing at the back five, which James could be tucked in there. And like Azpilicueta is probably not going to help that out. So when I think of that, I'm like, even if it's just tactical, that's two, they're two home games in the first five that they... Yeah. Uh, 
he could be playing. So that puts me off. So he's been in most of my teams, 39.4% owned. You mentioned his ownership. Um, but I, like I said, I think I'd rather start with him and come off him. Could take yeah. a risk, but he, he punished me anytime I didn't have him last year. And then when I did jump on him, I mostly didn't get the points. I got some points the second half of the season, but mostly didn't get any points. Yeah, and I think like they... I saw just tonight, I think it broke, that Calvert-Lewin looks like he's injured and he's going to be out for game week one as well. So I don't think Everton have him under Schalker. Have, they hardly have Rondon still out there. Um, so you don't know who they're going to play up top um, if he is out for game week one. But like as you said, though, it's hard to see clean sheets against Spurs. Leeds could even be tough um, yeah. if they click. Esther, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm second guessing, but I think I'll start with him. I can always sell him as well. Well, you say that, but <clears throat> this was something I looked at. It was kind of putting me off Spurs, but I'm just going to try and pull it up there. Um, I'll get the stats up here in our Spurs versus uh, Chelsea record, but <laughs> I don't think they've scored in their like, last four games or something like that. Uh, Spurs just, haven't or Chelsea haven't? Uh, Spurs haven't. Like Chelsea have a hex over them. Um, but so uh, just to get, we should start with Haaland. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. But uh, one thing I will say is that I looked at uh, FPL's team just now, and they do still have Rondon, just uh, so you know. But he's suspended. Right. <laughs> he's suspended for the first Jeez. game of the season. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, if you look back at the Chelsea versus Spurs last, say, last four or five games. Uh, last season, 2-0 Chelsea, 1-0 Chelsea, 2-0 Chelsea, 3-0 Chelsea, 1-0 Chelsea. That's their last five results. So... Yeah, Chelsea, you're saying can't, you're not sure about keeping a clean sheet. They've kept five consecutive clean sheets against them. Uh, but, but three of those in the Premier faced, League. But they haven't faced Matt Doherty and Mr. Ivan Perisic. So, you know, it could Maybe. change. I couldn't tell you the lineup in that, but I'm pretty sure Perisic wasn't playing that game. So, yeah, it, it was something I saw recently. I was like, well, that could be a tough one. And then I was like, actually, it could be fine. So we'll see. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it could be. We'll, we'll, that'll come back to it. All right. Look, I think we've uh, we've pussyfooted around there quite a bit. Okay, we've talked about the main teams. Okay. Yeah, we haven't really talked about Newcastle too much. We haven't talked about. I don't know what other teams have we have we not talked about Wolves or Leeds too much. Okay. But um, yeah. those are the players around the fringes. Let's talk about our teams. Okay. Um, let me just pull up your team. I have it here. I want you to discuss your team. Um, boom, boom, boom. And tell me. How you got came to the decision? Which one you've got two here? You show me a, pre, a three premium and a two premium. What's mm. the one you're most likely to go with? Um, I'd probably would lean to the two premium, okay. just to be that kind of boring manager. But um, the three premium really got me excited today. But um, there's actually only three players that sub in and sub out in this in the two teams, so um, it's actually quite similar. Okay. But um. I'll start with the two premium, which is the kind of draft that I have saved in the game at the moment. And then I can tell you my other three players that I've been kind of toying with. So I started out with Ramsdale in goals. As I said, I went through the phases of having Ederson and I had a few 4.5s. There's just no 4.5s that really stood out to me, fixtures and all. So um, I think I'm pretty settled on Ramsdale. Mm -hmm. Um I had Arsenal defenders in my team as well. I had Tommy Asu, like most of us, lots of injury concerns. There's talks of Ben White playing right back and all these different things. So I'd really like Gabrielle, um, but I think I'd rather spend the five million on Ramsdale because he can also get bonus. So I'm going to go with Ramsdale and goals. Then I have the generic Trent and Cancelo. I don't think we need to talk about them very much. 
Um, so I have the two of them in defense. I have Reese James, which we've just talked about there as well for my third premium. Mm-hmm. And then I, in my current draft, I have Ivan Perisic as well. So after I said those comments at the weekend and the fact that he played, I think it was 70 minutes, um, I have Perisic there. And then the one position that is probably not as settled is I have Robertson in defense as well. So that's a really heavy five premium in defense where I have Arsenal, two Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs. Um, so you're really banking on your kind of big guns the, there. The technical term, I believe, is big at the back. Big at the back. So proper big at the back there with my five defenders and goalkeeper all coming from your stereotypical top six teams. Um, yeah. And then I'm and then moving on to midfield. I currently have three in midfield and two up top. So I have Salah. No need to mm. talk about him either. He's my captain against Fulham. And then my other two are Martinelli and Leon Bailey in this version. So um, Martinelli, I think I saw reports there again today that um, Smith Rowe is Mm -hmm. ruled out of game week one at least. So that's a good sign. And Martinelli has been looking great in preseason. So I'm really happy to go at him. He's a steal. And then Leon Bailey is in that team. I listened to the Green Arrow, as you mentioned there, and Adam Hopcroft. Um, He was kind of having a bit of a joke when he was asked, will Leon Bailey play? Because I think he said no, because I had listened to some podcast that said if Gerard keeps going with his two up top of Ings and Watkins. That means Bailey and Buendia don't start. But apparently, Buendia and Bailey have been playing so well that it looks like they should start. And at five million, even if he is benched, just have a, a half decent sub and um, he'll either get him on for 20 minutes or not at all. So mm-hmm. Martinelli, Bailey, and Salah in midfield. And then up top in this version is Gabriel Jesus, like 72% ownership. And Haaland. And as mm-hmm. I said, I changed from Kane to Haaland after the weekend. And then just to finish off, um, on the bench for that squad, I have Ward from Leicester as my 4.0 goalie. I have Neto as my first sub in this version. And I have Andreas Pereira and a 4.5 forward, which I've gone for Archer. But I think, like everyone, I'm not set on, on, you know, on anybody in particular. Um, I'll now pause and let you rip me to shreds. It's going to be hard because so much of that team is very similar to mine. Like if I look at like your team right now, um, okay, so I'll go through mine just by comparison. But like yeah. I, ha- I have also gone big at the back, so I have Alexander Arnold, Robertson, and Cancelo and James. Um, the difference I have there is instead of Perisic, I have um, I have Walker. So it's 0.5 cheaper, and I, instead of having Ramsdale, I've gone for Larice. So I do have Spurs coverage there. So it's going to be very similar in that sense, except um, you know, Larice is I don't know. I think Larice, I, I, like I said, the FML FPL guys put me on to uh, Larice a bit more, and kind of maybe yeah, I could just put him in there and set and forget. But there, like this is just one strategy, and the strategy could go out the window. I I, I do think I'm going to be a big at the back guy. Um, I think we'll get on to the premium draft that you're talking about in a minute, but I think that's the worst thing you could have done because I did the same thing. And it's before that I was very settled, cool. I knew what my plan was. And this I looked at a premium went, hmm, that does look quite appetizing. Kind of now I've got uh, a link thing to do it. Uh, my midfield is currently the exact same, Bailey Martinelli and, and Salah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I've got Jesus and Kane. So like the main difference here is I've gone Kane over uh, Haaland in there. Yeah. Um, because I do feel like Spurs have been overlooked. Um, I have had some premium drafts 
where I've had Sun and Kane in there. It leaves me very lighter on the fringes. It's kind of has the likes of Pereira. I mean, oh, my bench, by the way, is like almost the exact same as well. Ward, Neto, <laughs> Andreas, and I've got Greenwood or something like that. So, oh, wow. Like, and I kind of forgot this. I have been resisting Jesus, you know, um, for her all season. This is probably the first draft I've had Jesus in there. Um, and I want to ignore him. 72.2% ownership. Yeah. That, I can't remember. I can't remember Salah getting that much ownership. Why is he so well owned? I mean, like, I'm like, I've kind of bowed to peer pressure here. I, most of my drafts have had one premium, and I've had like an eight million player in there, like Kulusevski or Mount or something like that. Uh, you've gone triple Arsenal, so you obviously think that they've got great fixtures. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, I I think just looking at the differences in our teams, um, it's obviously very funny, and it's probably worth saying that um, we shared or that I sent you my team about two minutes before. And you hit the record button here, so it wasn't pre-planned. But the fact that you've gone Larice, I've gone Perisic. We both have a Spurs um, defender there, if you like. So our only difference really is that you've doubled Man City, um, where I have an Arsenal, an, an Arsenal in there instead. Yeah. Um, and I think my view is that Perisic with the attacking threat is worth that to go with the say for the same price as your Lloris so we're pretty yeah. similar there and then the, the midfield and the bench even because the the biggest frustration I have with this squad that I've picked is that um, as I was going through this say game week one two and three um, it's kind of a bench and headache which I don't like having but it's also a good thing to have but I think like by picking Martinelli, Neto, Bailey as your three cheap midfielders um, I just assumed I'd be playing them all but when I actually went to kind of uh, pick the team yeah. I had to choose between Bailey or Neto is probably the real decision that's basically um, it isn't it yeah and yeah, then it comes down to Bailey playing Bournemouth uh, yeah away. and like all the sounds when I were coming out of Bournemouth are really negative um, so I think I have to play Bailey there over Neto and I know that say Neto plays Leeds who could be decent um to start but yeah we both went with Bailey there so that's obviously for a reason and then the Kane v Haaland like that's probably something that we'll both be going back and forth with until Friday evening so there's not much to kind of say there really is there the only thing I would say is I think Bailey is by far the best 5.0 million player in the game I think Neto is probably the best 5.5 million player in the game I think Martinelli is the best 6.0 million player in the game those are the common price points that I had I mean yeah there's a few other players you could argue but I mean Neto will get some attacking returns. It's going to be hard to predict win because Lee, I mean, not Leeds, um, Wolves are not a very attacking team. At least traditionally they weren't. But it looks like they might be playing a four back four now, trying to get more goals into the team. Uh, the reason he's on the bench is because Jimenez is injured game week one. Um, like, I, it's hard to say that um, Aston Villa are a very attacking team either. So we don't know if um, Bailey's going to get a lot of goals. But I've never seen him. He's looked electric and he's been fire tearing it up in preseason so yeah I, I would like to play Neto but um my big back five are going to play every game so it, it's kind of hard to see who to drop um but Jesus that's that's the real question um uh, like I, I think there's going to be a draft so I'm coming going to come back to here where I'm not going to have Jesus um yeah and you went with a premium draft there that doesn't have Jesus Do you want to tell me about that I can't um so the only changes is it's the exact same team that I had mentioned. Um, so I think like the spine of the team is set, but 
it's basically I take out Robertson, Perisic and Jesus, which when I say that, I think, oh, Jesus. Um, and then I bring in Neko Williams, which solves the bench problem, um, which mm-hmm. means I play four at the back. I swap Perisic for Doherty, which hopefully won't be a massive swing in points. Mm-hmm. And I upgrade Jesus to Harry Kane. Um, and oh, I, I had been looking at like premium drafts that people had over the last couple of weeks and they never really were too appealing because I thought that it really brought down the team. But like in reality, it, if, if you kind of think that Perisic and Doherty are quite similar, um, at least to start the, the season, you could kind of throw your eye away from that. And if you think that with the Robertson and Meko Williams, I know that's a big downgrade, but it means that I can play Neto against Leeds um, and I don't feel bad about putting someone on the bench because I can put my Nico Williams on the bench then and he'll be on the bench every week, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to upgrade Jesus to Kane, which gets rid of that problem of trying to decide between Kane and Haaland. Um, what I do like is that it gives you the captaincy options over the first couple of weeks as well. Now, I know we'll probably go mm-hmm. Salah for most of it, but um, but I do like the idea of going Kane and Haaland. But then part of that, which is even... It's probably something I hadn't really thought about properly, is that if you do go Kane Haaland um, and one of them doesn't start or there's something wrong or then they play 20 minutes... Um, if Jesus continues his preseason form and like bangs in a hat trick at eight and a half million, um, you're in massive trouble because no matter what else happens in your team, you're going to have a big fat red arrow. And I don't like the idea of starting this season um, and like being way behind the rest of the pack. Um, I like to kind of start with, it's probably something that I've learned over time is to start with a pretty solid base and you make your moves as the season goes on versus trying to pick all your differentials up front. Yeah. And I just, and like, I don't like playing the effective ownership game either, but 72% ownership is madness. You know, It's madness. I can't, I can't actually get over it. It's, I, it's something I just want to ignore. I mean, you're talking about going, I, I could have a, have a team here with Kane and Haaland in it, but I'm going to have to sacrifice one of them because Jesus is essential. Um, yeah. But is he though? Like that Crystal Palace game is... Yeah, so like, what do you think? Would you be happy to basically trade <laughs> if you accept that Perisic and Doherty are similar-ish um, yeah. and Robertson comes out, but Nico's on the bench, so it's not that big of a problem. You're swapping Robertson for Nico. You're swapping Robertson for Wolves as Neto, yeah. and you're swapping Jesus for Kane. Would you rather have Robertson and Jesus, or would you rather have the Kane and have your three premiums in one squad? I'll tell you what, I mean, I I do I do think it's close. Um, the one thing I like, I, I think you kind of have to make a decision on, on 11.5 million forward, if I'm being honest. Um, it, is it inflexible? Maybe it isn't because maybe if you just like need to, like maybe if Haaland doesn't start or, you know, there's room, you know, talks that I could get a rest against Bournemouth or something like that, then you go, well, okay, sell Haaland and drop him down. Or maybe you sell Kane in game week two in that Chelsea fixture where they haven't scored in the last five times they played him um, down to Jesus. I am thinking of starting without Jesus because I do think if he, like that first game is particularly against Crystal Palace, 
Um, could be tough. It's a way, right? Yeah. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm correct in saying that. So it's a way. So that could be a pretty tough one. A Friday night, you know, Arsenal. Anytime we think of mm-hmm. Arsenal playing in an evening game, I always feel like, oh, they just wilt under the pressure here. You know, first game of the season, raucous Sellers Park. I think. Uh, I think it could be. You know. Palace win here. I think, you know, they started off, I just always think of how they started off last season against um, Brentford and maybe that was because they had a lot of injuries and COVID was sitting their squad and this year that's not so much of a problem so they could do well but I think it's going to be a tight one. That could be Mm. 1-1. Like like Jesus could score, you know, and you might get six, seven, eight points maybe. I don't know. And like the the more you say that and I'm just thinking like say a 1-1 and like I don't know. Um, Saka scores a penalty or something. Or Odegaard or Saka, yeah. Um, I could be sitting there with Jesus, Martinelli, Ramsdale, and like four or five FPL points. Um, that'd be pretty grim. But at the same time, if Jesus goes off, you're in massive trouble if you don't own him. Um, I have a question for you, and I'm going to put it this way to you instead, right? Um, game week two, would you captain... Salah at home to Palace or would you captain Haaland at home to Bournemouth? I have a few drafts where I have KDB in my team and if I had KDB and Salah I'd be captaining KDB. I think so the my to answer shoes, your you question Haaland? yeah. Yeah, to answer your question the one you specifically answered me is it's going to depend on what what happened in game week 1. I can't say it right now because point. like if Salah bangs in a hat-trick against Fulham he's and you know if um crystal palace you know because I, I think back to the time where i think crystal palace is a good team but i think back to was it two seasons ago sure didn't they pamper seven one or something like that or seven nil um so you know i'm like could happen a different crystal palace team okay it was a roy hodgson team rather than the patrick Vieira team so i don't mm. think it's going to be the same but start of the season it could take crystal palace could be set going but if Salabang's in two goals and assists game week one, which he's liable to do. Yeah, you're going to probably going to captain him against Crystal Palace. It is a home game, and it's the first home game at Anfield this season in the Premier League. So you got to think that it's going to be an atmosphere there. Uh, what actually? Let me just check here. What time of day is that? Is that a morning kickoff? Is that an afternoon kickoff? It's a Monday evening fixture. Oh yeah, I'm definitely captain him. Monday evening fixture at eight o'clock. Yeah, Salah. I'm going to captain Salah. Uh, I, look, it's good having. You know, the likes of De Bruyne, but that's a 3 p.m. at home to Bournemouth fixture. I think I'm just going to have, I think I'm just going to have, um, I don't know, man, everything that's coming out of Bournemouth, now I think about it, everything that's coming out of Bournemouth sounds like it's an absolute shit show. It sounds like they, they yeah. haven't got a player, haven't got haven't a player. <laughs> yeah, so it'll, it'll all depend on game week one. And, uh, oh, right, so can they humor me here? So <laughs> that decision really depends on game week one, and I think I'll accept that. That's fine. Game week three, um, Salah's away to Man United, who could start the season well. Again, we'll have to wait and see. But if would you rather have Kane at home to Wolves or would you rather have Haaland away to Newcastle? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, mm. I can see... I'd be watching intently how Wolves do in the first couple of games playing if they're playing with a back four. Okay, and seeing how um, Nathan Collins does there, like it looks like everything I'm hearing, it's going to be uh, Collins and Kilman yeah. playing uh, in a, in a back uh, four with you know, the wing backs. No Cody. 
Yeah. I know Cody because I mean the reason they play a back three I guess because because that's what Cody kind of can play in. Um, but he's not got the legs to play in a, a back four apparently. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry Connor. Um, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's what uh, has been said. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. So if that was the end of sold, obviously Roman Sice and Willie Bolly is ancient as well. So if they are going to do it, I think they're they're looking at Kilman, the young lads Kilman and, and Collins. Uh, if that takes a while to gel, you know, if that's not up to Premier League standard for a while, then yeah, could be looking at uh, that in game week two. But game yeah. week three, yeah, or game week three, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I think I'd probably be looking at. Um, I don't think I'd be looking at Liverpool either way. I'll rule out mm-hmm. Salah. I think I'd be looking at uh, a Man City player against Newcastle. Um, yeah, they can just they can they can be very open. They're playing a very high line. Um, I was listening to the um, was it the correspondence week with Planet FPL this week, and the whoever was uh, talking about Newcastle was saying they're playing this very very high line, and he can see a few heavy spankings coming their way when they play teams that are are fast like Spurs, City, Liverpool. Said, but they will beat their fair share of teams, and it'll work just fine against the lesser lesser so-called teams um yeah. but he thinks there could be a few spankings so that kind of has me thinking that newcastle game and i always think newcastle away is a tough one but yeah i think uh, that would be the game to kind of try something different um i don't know i don't know yeah let's see and like the more i actually go through that list of game week two and three i'm like wouldn't it be great to have all all trade them but at the same time if you're not going to captain them you're really going to spend What's that? Twenty-three million on two premium forwards, but you end up captaining Salah throughout it all anyway. That probably yeah. is the that probably is the argument for the spreading the funds if you're not going to captain yeah. them as well and just having one of the premium forwards. God, I thought that this podcast was going to help me, but um, I don't think I'm any further along. Thanks very much, James. The worst thing I did <laughs> the last few days was um start messing around with seeing how I could fit a premium draft in. I have one here. I'll uh, pull it up for you. I want to get your your thoughts on this. Um. Where is it? Sorry, no. I'm and I hope we also get to slate Jer's team at some stage as well. Oh, yes, you're right. Um, that's a good point. Let's look at Jer's team. Uh, did I send that on to you? Because that yeah. was uh, something I know the viewers will want to hear. Um, thank you for reminding me. So Jer's team at the minute, okay, he was uh, going for both Kane and Haaland up front, kind of like the one of the teams you were looking at there, but he has since yeah. changed it. Uh, his team at the minute is uh, Sanchez and goal, so 4.5 keeper. Doherty, Cancelo, uh, Robertson, and Alexander-Arnold. Then he's gone Salah captain, uh, Martinelli and Neto. So they seem to be popular amongst all three teams. He's gone Kulosevsky after giving me a bit of grief about him. You know, he Kulosevsky was my 8 million uh, fourth midfielder, I guess second midfielder a few weeks back. And he's gone Jesus and Haaland up front. So just to re- reiterate that, he's gone Doherty at the moment, Cancelo, Robertson, Trent, Neto Martinelli, Salah, Kulisevsky, and Jesus Hans. So it's 4-4-2 with Williams, Neko Williams, Andreas, and Stansfield on the bench. I don't even know who Stansfield is. Um, why do you think of that? It's kind of similar to a lot of ours, as in it has Cancelo, Robertson, Trent, Martinelli, Neto, Salah, Jesus, and Haaland in this case. Yeah, so I think I was just making a couple of notes here as you are talking. So I think Sanchez in goal is something that we haven't kind of mentioned yet. He's gone Doherty, which um, is probably a budget thing over Perisic, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. 
and he's gone Kulu, but I suppose by going Doherty, he might have been able to squeeze up to Kulusevski, and he's got the two Spurs attackers for that really attractive opening game. Um, which I do like the sounds of Kulusevski for game week one in particular, because with Rich Harrison banned, um, he should be guaranteed to play. Yeah, And you, you could always <clears> flog <throat> him. I know he is Haaland in this draft, but if in game week one, for example, Foden um, looks really, really good, it's a very easy swap, Kulu to Foden, and then he has three Man City to play Bournemouth, which is really attractive as well. Um, and that, like, if it goes well, that that's a way of jumping ahead of the pack. Um, but at the same time, if it goes wrong, who is he lacking that we have? Leon Bailey. <laughs> uh he's missing a premium defender so i mean like he's missing james so he's no or, james yeah yeah he doesn't really have so james. He's no james and he is no bailey but he has kulisevsky there instead and he's starting netto which we're not yeah yeah, fair. yeah yeah um another thing i would say there with uh two eight million players in that like he's got kulisevsky and jesus that would be 4.5 million midfielder and an 11.5 million. That could, Kane could come in there for Jesus if you really needed to. You know, there there is ways to move it around, uh, and I wouldn't be adverse mm. to taking a hit in the first, you know, second game week two or game week three if you really wanted to make that. But I think you got to make your draft with a couple of game weeks in mind. So I'm going to obviously try my absolute best not to make any. It's it's a good team. It's it's very it's quite template. It's I, a good team. <laughs> no, it's a good team in so far as I like it's hitting the price points of. Uh, 11.5 million it's got it's long flexibility it's got a premium striker yeah. premium midfielder uh it's got an 8 million midfielder and an 8 million forward uh it's got the martinelli and netto who i think are going to be good value for their price and it's got three premium defenders uh even yeah. like darty is going to be great value so darty could be Trippier, it could be it could be walker it could be cash or someone like that as well you know there's, there's good options there i just don't like the sanchez pick really um yeah I'm just looking there as you're talking, and um, he obviously subscribes to Hub because um, he's the top predicted goalkeeper in the 4.5 bracket for the first four weeks. Yeah. I'm just looking there, but like, what's the alternative? Like, it's great uh, pick for Ray. A uh, bit of concern about him as well. Like, there's not much. I saw some people talking about Meslier, but you don't know how Leeds are going to play. Like, it's yeah. I had I don't like any Yeah, same. And it's what pushed me just for the extra 0.5 to Ramsdale. But I did have Dunk in a few drafts. Um, He's at 4.5 million. It's just like, I just thought he was one of of the better 4.5 millions. But it's it's hard to argue with his uh, team. It's just a shame that we haven't got Paddy's because we could definitely slate his team. But um, yeah, he hasn't got back to me. We were sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, I've got a a premium uh, draft here, which has three city, three Liverpool, uh, Sun, Martinelli in it as well <laughs> so that is um Haaland Salah and Son so I'm covering the three um oh, yeah. striker uh sorry the three big teams there they're my three premiums okay With Haaland no for game week two Son game no Kane Son instead um it also has Martinelli and uh it has uh Neto for 5.5 uh then I've got it's still allowing me to get Cancelo Alexander-Arnold and Walker can't afford Robbo, so I've gone for Allison and goals instead. So I've got my three double Liverpool defence because I think like if you just got one Liverpool defender, you're not going to make any gains if they keep a clean sheet. Basically, the the effective ownership of Liverpool defenders is going to be over 100. Um, mm. And then uh, I've had to kind of sacrifice by going for Johnny and Cash, and I think I really went for that because it just says Johnny Cash. Um, 
but basically, you know, Johnny could be, you know, just any 4.5 Wolves defender. Yeah, Dunk or whoever. Uh, yeah. yeah, it could be Dunk. Uh, and Cash could be, that. you know, now that I think about it, Cash could be Matt Doherty or it could be Trippier or it could be whatever. Um, and I think I've seen, and I'm trying to avoid these things with expected points, but I think Dean is ex- meant to have it more expected points yeah, than that Cash. Um, I'm really trying to just avoid expected points because I feel like that's just, I just honestly feel like that's, Cheating. It's just doing the job for us. Yeah. We're meant to try and in our head calculate who we think has more expected points. So uh, that would be like um that would have triple city and tri- triple Liverpool. So what's have. the squad again there? Just 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 going back to the front. Uh going back to the front. Allison and goals, Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, Walker, who I think is going to be nailed for the first four weeks. Um uh Johnny or Dunk. Okay. Uh and I have cash, but now I'm thinking about it, Doherty. Okay. Yeah. Um so we'll say Darty, Dunk, Cancelo, Walker, Alexander Arnold, Salah Captain, Martinelli, Neto, uh, Son and Holland. With a bench of Andreas and um two four point five forwards. I think see that that's that's tempting me. Because I'm kind of covering off the Robertson points there with Allison, who picks up at the ad bonus here and you know, get save points more so because Liverpool allow shots and goals compared to like Ederson, who just sits there doing nothing all game. Unless he has but to. The only shots. thing with that is that you've two dead forwards. Is that correct? Yeah, and that's the two dead forwards thing. So that's that's kind of a restriction there. And the forward I'm relying on is Haaland, who in any given game may not start. Now, like as I said, that has Son and Haaland. That could be Kane and Kevin De Bruyne, captain Ke- Kevin De Bruyne in game week two, who could. Easily outscore that. So yeah. Anyway, those that's something to play around. When I when yeah. I did that, that's I think that's, that's what one. that that ruined my my tinkering because once I saw that, it just started giving me ideas and I started tinkering a bit more around the edges and I ended up with worse teams. But now I'm coming back to that and like I might do that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, in I, that team though, am yeah. I just right in saying that you would be starting the five defenders all the time more or less? So don't yeah. or whoever yeah. would be starting that's the only thing that's um if i was deal. in that shoes if i was in your shoes there though i would be swapping dunk to sanchez and getting a better defender that's probably your way out of that you um, think so but at the same time dunk to sanchez and then have a five point i just don't like allison I, I just i just don't like allison as a pick because he's just not going to get bonus no matter what they do um unless he saves a penalty Always look, always an option. I just think he gets save points. Yeah. Um, and he, he does get some bonus. I, I'm not going to go into it now and check it out. But yeah, look, yeah. I, I take the criticism. So look, thanks for talking through this with me tonight, Steve, and giving us food for thought. Hopefully, gave you food for thought. Um, we talked through the lads. Teams. Didn't get Paddy's team in time, I'm afraid. Um, but I'm sure he'll be posting on social media soon enough. Um, tell the guys where you can be found. Uh, where can they follow you and interact with you? Because you're on Instagram too, right? Absolutely. Yes, um, I think I do most of my posting on Instagram over Twitter, which is not normal for the FPL community. But um, you can find me over there at FPL Ferry. Um, that's where I post a lot of my stuff. And I'm also on Twitter at, at FPL Ferry as well. Okay. Very handy. Both uh, have the same handle. Um, and as always, you can follow us at FPL Hangover. And uh, myself, I'm at FPL Drunk, but uh, don't bother following me. Just follow the pod. Um, you can email us uh, at FPLHangover at gmail.com. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, it means we managed to get it up on YouTube. Uh, I'm not sure there's going to be video, but it, it could be just uh, an overlay template there. Um, make sure you like, you subscribe. Um, 
to the channel and make sure you're if you're following us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or any of these other ones. I listen on Pocket Cast personally. Uh, make sure you subscribe so you can get alerts to when our newest pod is out. Um, good luck, everyone, at uh, the start of new FPL season. Less than 72 hours to finish your drafts. You too, Steve. Thanks once more for joining us and have a good night. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.